0: I literally just met one of the like second most important people in the ranks of the government, um, and now I'm going to talk about how I wish I knew how dragons had sex. So this
1: is great. <laughs>
2: And welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, and I have a randomly generated fantasy name today. It's it's just a good little fantasy name, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe in Redwall fantasy? Oh. We'll see. My name is Feyani Owlmaid oh yeah yeah Danny? yeah Danny oh, yeah i like Elliot. it it's cute anyway that's me who are you guys
0: <laughs> my name's sam but today you can call me bella tree told whoa oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah dang
2: tree told what did you what'd you tell him? <laughs> oh
0: i
1: was thinking they told you something oh what did they tell and... you
0: it told me that uh, climate change is real. You stupid humans! What the fuck are you doing? That's a
2: great. Oh, okay, point. they do have a good point. They
1: yeah. do have a good point. Stop cutting us down. Oh. <laughs> we sequester carbon. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> I love when everyone all is like, "Man, if only science could find a way to sequester carbon." And then scientists are like, "Yeah, we have this thing. It's uh-huh. renewable and just sequesters a lot of carbon." Uh-huh. It's called a tree,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> also, maybe, maybe just... like stop actively killing whales because they also sequester a lot of carbon. And I'm definitely not salty that the North Atlantic right whale population keeps decreasing. Mm-hmm. Stop running over whales with your boats. God damn it.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're also pretty salty because they're
1: marine mammals, yeah. <laughs> we have that in common <laughs> <Jeez>.
2: <laughs> anyway, you hannah
1: (laughs) my name is hannah but for the purposes of this podcast you can call me sam's blood builder oh (laughs) you build my blood (laughs) yep dang why does Mm -hmm. my blood need to be built uh i think you know what i I don't think this is my name i think this is your mother's name (laughs) oh god
0: oh
1: no oh or
2: else hannah's just like Making you a lot of like iron rich meals.
1: Mm. Mm. There we yeah. go. To beef up your own blood.
2: Yeah, she's like, damn, I'm just worried about your iron levels. So here's some raw meat.
0: <laughs> Here, eat <Yeah>. some liver. <laughs> yeah. Chill.
2: Really, yep. that's what I was trying to do today because I accidentally undercooked our burgers
0: significantly. <laughs> <me. laughs> Low key, yeah. just trying to boost my iron. Yeah, just trying to get
2: some blood in you.
0: <laughs> wait are you trying to make me a vampire whoops I was gonna say <laughs> did you put a parasite in our burgers
2: you know that is the first thing i thought of <laughs> like dang <laughs> undercooking these burgers we're gonna get parasites oh my god I okay which can one. we talk about aragon instead of this sure i'm sure yeah. i'll be able to bring parasites up there too but no
1: you can't <laughs> yeah it's we illegal. uh
2: <laughs> it's not yet. No one's (laughs) made it a law.
1: (laughs) Listen, I got certified today as a law enforcer Mm -hmm. (laughs) in general terms. Sure. So Someone has to make make the law, though. (laughs) Don't worry, we spent all three days talking to a lawyer.
2: (laughs) I'm outside your jurisdiction. (laughs) How about... Uh, We go into the two chapters we read this week, which are two chapters of the book, Aragon. (laughs) Please.
0: (laughs) Yep. Chapter 15, called A Saddle Making. So, as the title suggests, Brahm and Aragorn make a saddle for Sephira. We learn that there are two types of dragon saddles, but given their time and resources, they can only make the less comfortable one. From there, Brahm decides they need horses, preventing Aragon from being a dumb fifteen year old boy, going after the resort carelessly, and so they agree to go get horses the next day. Aragon 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 says uh-huh. stealing is bad, and the chapter ends with them once again <laughs> saying <goodnight.
1: laughs> good night. Wow. Good night, world. Well in the next chapter, Ferrum's Ford. Brahm and Aragorn wake up in the little secret meadow, and they set out on their revenge quest. Brahm spices up the journey by talking about dragons, which we will certainly get into later. And Aragorn uh, straps the new saddle and the sword, Zarok, onto Sephira because, quote, in his hands, it would be no better than a club. Then Brahm challenges him to a sparring match with wooden practice swords, and for some reason, Aragorn's thought is, I'm going to be able to kick this old man's ass. Spoiler, he does not. And Sophia <laughs>, laughs at him for getting beaten up by an old man. Uh, anyway, shortly thereafter, they arrive in Theron's Ford, where they buy horses with money that Brom got by picking pockets. The horses are a spirited bay that Aragorn names Cadoc after his grandfather, and a very majestic, very special white horse called Snowfire, not Shadowfax. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> totally. Completely different. It's a very different situation. Thus be they leave Thernsford, <laughs> passing the mountain Utgard, and coming to the end of the valley that looks out. Looks out oh, did you hear that Nova Scotian in there? Holy oh, shit. I did! <laughs> that looks out over a huge grassy plain. Then, wait for it, they make camp for the night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they go to sleep they go to uh, bed they go to bed okay no that chapter bed. was different though because aragon goes to bed in the middle of it and he does oh that's true and then true. goes to bed again at the end
0: <laughs> Yes. i definitely thought the first time he went to sleep because the way it is on my computer <laughs> i thought that was like the chapter end and then i kept going and i was like oh oh <laughs> maybe oh maybe we're gonna get like a midday stop but he still ended the chapter at night at bedtime he still did it at a bedtime
2: yeah i love this book it's It's great i love
1: this (laughs) it's
2: it's so fun now that we've
1: noticed it oh my god at first it annoyed me and now it's hilarious every time it happens now it's the best possible thing (laughs) (laughs) great
2: i also just love aragon being like stealing is bad i'm not gonna do it anyway let's go murder some people
1: (laughs) (laughs) right well especially when it's like i'm going to make a saddle with this stolen leather yeah stealing is wrong it's like
0: (laughs) but (laughs) you you stole the leather Uh
1: you just did a steal
2: stealing stuff is fine stealing money is wrong
1: Right, obviously, unless Brom does it from a guy who stole it from them first. Yeah, yeah, you know, Aragon mm. has a very strong and somewhat confusing moral code. Yeah, but one of the things that uh, I found delightful about the second chapter is something we learn indirectly about Aragon, which is when Brom beats his ass <laughs> with a wooden sword. <laughs> so <if you're>, uh... <laughs> lets out what Aragon describes as a long coughing growl and curls her lip and he's like what the hell is wrong with you until he realizes that she's laughing <laughs> yeah. which to me indicates that Aragon is so humorless that in the like three or four months <laughs> since has hatched he has never once said anything funny enough to make her laugh.
0: <laughs> I mean it's like, it oh checks. It does. <laughs> a
1: great point. aragon is an incredibly serious person (laughs) yeah he's too serious for a 15 year old boy (laughs) listen he's got the weight of the world on his tiny teenage shoulders yeah does he know that yet though still i don't know maybe
0: Hmm. i mean
1: his mother's dead and his father abandoned him and he thinks about it in the mornings. so i'd probably oh i forgot about that yeah
2: okay And his
1: uncle died. And his uncle died. (laughs) And his cousin's gone. (laughs) His cousin's gone, but when they get to Ford, Aragorn doesn't want to see him. Uh, Presumably because he doesn't want to have to, you know, face up to what happened to (laughs) Garrow. To death. Yeah. Uh. Dang. I found it weird. I don't know
2: if anyone else noticed this. (laughs) <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. I've been trying to put my finger on why, like, every time Brahm says something, I find it, like, jarring. Like, I don't know, there there was something about, like, the way his, like, speaking cadence was, like, written. It doesn't feel like an older person who is talking. Oh. Oh, really? Like, every time he speaks, I'm like, man, I just, like, this doesn't seem like someone who's old. Like, it seems like someone who's closer to Aragon's age. And I think it's because like, I was trying to figure it out in these chapters, I did not go back and read any other chapters. (laughs) But I think it's because like when he's sounding like, like he's talking about the history of dragons or whatever, and like sounding like this like elder knowledgeable person, he like has a certain way of speaking and doesn't use any contractions. And then, like, he'll be talking to Aragon, Mm -hmm. and just there'll be a bunch of contractions. And I'm like, what the- I don't know that there's, like, consistency in the way that he's talking in the book. And that's why Mm -hmm. it keeps throwing me off. (laughs) Yeah, that could be it.
0: Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. I actually have the complete opposite. Because, like, I felt like the way he's characterized is, like, that crazy old man kind of. Like, you know, yeah. there's, like, there's that trope in fantasy where, like, there's the old wizard that the chosen one has to go find, and, like, the wizard ends up being, like, kooky and a little bit out there and kind of all over the place. Like, yeah. maybe Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Okay.
0: Um, and there's Gandalf, and then there's another one. Um, Obi-Wan. This Obi-Wan. I'm thinking of I think it's called Wizard's First Rule by Terry Goodkind. But the character in that is like the exact epitome of how I envisioned Braum. He's just like crazy wizard man. Yeah. So that's kind of like how I always interpreted it. Okay. But I also didn't, I don't know, I didn't pay too much attention to the language of it all. I was just like, oh, okay, this guy's insane. Cool. Love it. Here for it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I could just be like having a weird time, quite honestly. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that's
1: that's another interesting example of how even the three of us who, you know, read similar things and have reasonably Mm. similar experiences can interpret something totally differently. Because the thought I had while reading these chapters was like, man, Aragorn talks like an old person. Yeah. Like the exact opposite. (laughs)
0: Well, yeah, Aragorn talks like an old
2: person and Brahm doesn't.
0: (laughs) I just got it that Aragorn was like a sullen, sad, emo teenager and just was like, trying to talk like he's uh above his age
1: yeah honestly he's <laughs> probably picked it up from Garrow, who also seems yeah. like a very true kind of like hard
0: well do <laughs> we all remember sort of his fellow? speech
1: oh my god
2: do
0: we remember that speech because uh, yes, a good speech Oh, good, great, speech. good speech but that i think i think that sums it up well yes
2: Yeah, like, I'm just going to pick out the, like, one sentence that threw me off. Because, like, right before, Brahm says, like, Aragon, I must apologize about how events have turned out. I never wished for this to happen. Your family did not deserve such a tragedy. And so, like, all of that is, like, sort of how you expect, like, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, like, Wow, dramatic. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the very next line he says, it'll be safer if we stay together. And it's just, like, that doesn't, like, that doesn't sound like the way (laughs) anyway doesn't matter it doesn't matter (laughs) i'm just interested to see if it continues
1: (laughs) yeah that is interesting yeah yeah i find i don't tend to notice character voice a lot but it is something that like a lot of authors will deliberately include Uh, one of the most recent books i read that i'm thinking of at the moment is shorefall yeah Mm -hmm. by robert jackson bennett And several of the characters have, like, very distinct speaking styles. Not all of them, but, like, every time the character Clef is talking, you're like, oh, this is Clef. Like, Mm -hmm. this is how Clef talks. And that is something that I think a lot of authors at least try to include consistently, even if it's not as distinctive a voice as Clef. Or, like, you mentioned the lack of contractions, I'm also thinking about the Deltora Quest books where, like, Barda has a very kind of (laughs) specific Mm -hmm. voice. So, now that you've brought that to my attention, I'm also very interested to see how consistent that voice is. And like now that you mentioned the like, oh well, he's like in this
2: archetype of the kind of weird old man that the main character has to go talk to. It's like
0: Yeah.
2: Honestly, that could kind of be a choice, right?
0: But mm-hmm.
2: it doesn't really like lean into it. Yeah. But it could just be that like, oh, when he's being serious, he speaks in like a certain way and then when he's just like Talking, he talks a different way, you know, to try and not on purpose, but like that's just the character. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see.
1: It's an interesting observation for sure.
2: Yeah. Shall we talk about the elephant in the room? Please. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Perhaps the dragon in the room. (laughs) Perhaps the dragon in the room. (laughs) Christopher
0: Paolini did not give me enough information. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very upset. cannot
2: believe he just glosses over all of it (laughs) all of it
0: all of it
2: (laughs) (laughs) he just says that brahm explained how dragons mate and then continues from there (laughs) and it's like wow (laughs) rude how Uh dare he (laughs) you have plotted out how fast it takes a dragon to grow but you can't explain at 15 how dragons have sex (laughs)
0: He also did not explain, like, the next paragraph after that is about basically dragon husbandry. And again, just, like, glosses yeah. over it. Yeah. Like, how dare you?
1: He just says, so the rude. best way to, like, clean the scales and care for the claws. And I'm like, okay, and it is. What?
0: And it is. Please. Tell me.
1: And <laughs> that section, I loved the the line, some plants could heal their sicknesses while others would make them ill. Like, no, no shit. shit. Yeah. No shit. Is right? Like <laughs>
0: like it was just a bunch of super obvious things without him actually giving any details and I'm just like you've given us so much detail before how dare you just gloss over this I understand (laughs) the dragon mating thing okay I get it it's a children's book like fine fair gloss over it but don't gloss over how dragon husbandry works. I want don't all the you. details. I want to know. <laughs> I'm assuming
2: we'll get more details on that. Possibly. Yeah, later? as we
1: learn more about like the dragon riders, I feel like yeah. we'll probably get more information about how they took care of the dragons. But I yeah. guess we'll, we'll see. I just feel like
2: there was so much information packed into like legitimately just two paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, so much of it just leads to so many more questions.
1: (laughs) Yes. The only real information we get about the dragon sex issue is that a full-grown dragon, which we've established is about six months old, uh, Mm -hmm. can go for months without food, unless Mm -hmm. it's mating season, in which case they need to eat at least once a week. So clearly whatever they're doing is extremely energetically expensive. Are they, like, sea tiger sharks? Maybe, but it's like they're requiring, like, eight times more calories. Than usual. What are they doing?
2: <laughs> right, which is also wild because like we've equated them to like dinosaurs a little bit, right? Yeah. And dinosaurs as like a large, active, warm-blooded reptile, they mm-hmm. can't like normal reptiles can go a very long time without food, but like dinosaurs could not. Like as soon as you're warm-blooded, you can't mm-hmm. go that long without food.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, especially if you're doing something like flying. Yeah. Which we've mentioned before. It's such an energetically expensive activity that a flying animal that has, like, the slightest evolutionary reason to stop flying will. Yeah. <sighs> so, like, I'm so <laughs> curious how they can sustain themselves for so long. Unless they're, like, eating magic.
2: <laughs> like, this implies oh. that Allagasia has, like, a lean season.
1: Yes, you know? it does
2: because then like the dragons had to adapt to a very long period of time without
1: food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's also related to something we get about the eggs which we'll get into once we're done talking about this food thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is an interesting implication.
2: Yeah. But if they I wonder if they do like aerial stunts
0: like birds That's do. That's what I was thinking. Ooh, right? Yeah.
2: Like, like that that maybe is why they have to eat a lot. But also, every week is not that often. No. no. Again, like, pterosaurs, the flying reptiles, and, like, large... dinosaurs, yeah? Nope. No, no, no. <laughs> Still not dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> but, like, T-Rex and stuff, like, they had to eat every day. <laughs> like, hmm. probably a significant portion of their body weight.
1: So they must have extremely efficient metabolisms? But they're also huge, yeah. or
0: or is it that they have extremely vigorous mating rituals and they have to eat like right after it to like regain that energy and then they can't like recharge and mate again for another week. Ugh, so like recharge,
1: I don't know. <laughs> Every week is like the dragon also refractory not period. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's what I was <laughs> like, what if. <laughs> What if the the female dragon has to grow another egg and she's only fertile once a week?
1: It could be that. I was definitely imagining- Like, because they clearly have some kind of very energetic sexual activity, (laughs) I immediately went to a mate competition- which is oh, usually true, among males, yeah. because if you're a female who has to put a lot of energy into growing a large baby, like a human or a deer or something, you want the best possible mate to provide your offspring with, like, the best possible chance. Yeah. Which is why you get things like the rut and deer. And that is an extremely energetically expensive and very dangerous activity for the male deer. And presumably they have to eat more? I don't actually know that detail of it. Yeah. So, like, dragon fighting? Do the
2: male dragons
1: fight for the females?
2: (laughs) Well, so that's the other... Like, they are sentient. Yeah. So, like, it could just be that, like, physiologically, like, building eggs is, like, so energetically expensive that the females need to eat extremely often, which means, like, maybe maybe it's, like, mate feeding, right? Like, where Mm. the partner has to, like, go hunt... Mm-hmm. to go to get food and then they're just eating way more
1: man I yeah. would love for a partner to bring me food when I'm hungry and ovulating <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> the dang dream. that sounds nice
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah also like when like yeah cause when is a dragon sedentary like they fly what the hell <laughs> like yeah. what are they doing
1: <laughs> maybe like when they get older they slow down Yes, I, I guess we did forget to mention specifically that they can go months without eating if they're quote-unquote sedentary.
0: But like yeah. That's
1: what makes me think there's like a hibernation period. Oh, see, I was definitely taking that in a direction I think we talked about several episodes ago. Where it's like, does that imply that there is a culture where a dragon can be sedentary for that long and like some other dragon will take care of it and bring it food so it can be sedentary?
2: I guess. That's nothing. Probably. Yeah.
1: Uh, maybe that's when they're like brooding an egg or something
2: oh yeah although
1: they don't have to brood their eggs
2: oh yeah so there's that but maybe like because so it says specifically here that like by the time the egg is like laid the baby inside is already fully developed so like the egg is sort of unnecessary for the purpose that eggs are normally necessary which is to like recreate an internal environment that the baby can finish like cooking at
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great
2: so like but then they yeah have this egg with a fully formed baby already inside that just waits to hatch in i guess we've decided magical stasis
1: yeah
0: yeah
2: so like i guess maybe the full-grown dragon If, like, it's pregnant would be sedentary because it's probably a while.
1: Yeah. I would assume it has to have a reasonably long gestation time, right? To build a whole dragon. Right. Like, it takes nine months to build a human and humans are born, like, wildly neotenous. Wildly new, yeah. Is that how you pronounce that? It doesn't matter. Neotenic? Neotenic? Whatever. The one where you're born (laughs) before you're fully developed, like a kangaroo or a human.
0: (laughs) yeah. And he doesn't specify male or female, right? He just says, like, Mm -hmm. dragons can go a month without eating. So, like, we're just making the assumption that it's likely the female. Okay.
2: That's what makes me think it's, like, ubiquitous. And it's just, there's, like, maybe they evolved through, like, a period where there was, like, cold months. Or, like, I mean, there's winter.
1: So maybe dragons
2: normally, like, hibernate through winter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that would also make sense. Because then you could, like. Be building the egg during the winter, and yeah. it does say that, like, the egg waits to hatch until conditions are favorable. Which they say, like, in the wild is when there's enough food. Yeah, so maybe yeah. like the female spends the winter building eggs and like laying them whenever she's done building them or something, depending on how long it takes, and then they hatch in the spring when the conditions are satisfactory. Yeah, and
2: that would kind of make sense because then if mating season was in the fall before they had to hibernate, it would mean mm-hmm. they would have to, like, eat a lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to get, uh, get, like, fat bear season or fat yeah. bear week, but <laughs> fat dragon week. <laughs> fat dragon yeah. week. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Just a <laughs> bunch of chonkers struggling to yeah. fly. Oh, <laughs> I love it. That's fun.
0: I mean, from an ecological standpoint, it also makes sense that these things aren't eating that often. Because, like, can you just imagine how much food a horde of dragons would go through? And, yeah. like, they would just eat so much. Yeah.
1: It's yeah, they're like, which is, massive apex predators, right? Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. But, like, imagine an army of, like, I don't know, what's a reasonable amount of dragons? But, like, if, at, at the <laughs> peak of the riders... They would have had like hundreds. This is actually a problem I thought of in like every fantasy book I read with dragons, <laughs> is how how do you keep enough food for these dragons? Because like
1: you farmers! barely.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Farmers.
1: Every fantasy thing. needs more farmers. <laughs>
0: but even then,
2: like if you think of them as in the wild, right? Like again, yeah. if we equate them to like dinosaurs like the largest dinosaurs that were predators existed in an ecosystem of other giant prey animals yeah (laughs) and there were tons of them so exactly like like, what are the dragons eating without anything else around did everything else go extinct when the elves showed up
1: i guess maybe (laughs) maybe maybe there are some like native megafauna that just don't live in the spine Like, they get to this humongous grassland at the end of the second chapter, which is... Empty. (laughs) Yeah, but still, like, those giant grasslands in the real world, I guess, are... Giant grasslands like that tend to support large groups of large herbivores, right? Like, if you look at North America before white people showed up, or, like, Mm -hmm. Africa... There are a lot of like huge grazing herds. Even like the tundra, yeah. there's like caribou all over the place up there. That's yeah. True.
2: Which leads me to believe that like because one of the main things that happened in North America was like, well, even just like before
1: like the white fair people. Colonizers arrived, showed up from over the sea and killed everything.
2: Yeah, it was like as soon as humans started developing like spears, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. like mass extinctions of megafauna. Although yeah. I know we don't have more than ten listeners, but uh, no one call me out. I know that the it was compounded by a number of factors. <laughs> Not just humans <laughs> with spears. Yeah. But they were part of the problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So, like, it could conceivably, yeah, have happened in Allagasia. Like, the elves showed up and, like, actually maybe hunted a bunch of stuff to extinction.
0: Yeah. yeah. i believe maybe. it. I just don't think dragon books fully consider this enough. And, like, it's one of the <laughs> things I really thought about when I read Flamefall and Fireborn by Rosera hmm. Munda. I said those out of order, but the whole, <laughs> like, main thing of it is, like, they're going through uh, famine. And I'm like, how the f*** are all of these dragons okay? I'm just yeah. like, like you barely have enough food to feed humans. I'm like, how is, like, what? <laughs>
1: I mean, what are the, the dragons, dragons eating? The dragons are even above the gold bands. They get as many rations as they want.
0: Yeah, it's just like I don't think authors think of this enough, and I like Pellini himself just like grazes over the husbandry of a dragon, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, it eats once a month, but what is it eating?
1: And it's got to be a big meal if it's only like once yeah, a is month. it like fifty goats? Is it one <laughs> goat? <laughs> is it a giraffe? Each dragon eats one mastodon per six months of life. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying.
2: Yeah. So Mercedes Lackey. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um thinks about this. Anyway, uh
1: <laughs> I want to talk about eggs still. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which is specifically I want to talk about the point that the eggs are laid fully ready to go yeah which is like kind of the opposite almost of ovoviviparous animals yeah. like sharks where mm-hmm. the young develop in an egg which is the ovo part but the egg stays in the mother's body and like hatches within the mother's body and then the baby sharks come out of her cloaca so it looks like they're giving live birth which is the vivipar part but that's where like the egg stays in the body until it's ready to hatch not the egg comes out of the body when it's ready to hatch And I can't think of any examples of a creature that uses eggs, that keeps the egg inside until it's ready to hatch and then lays it. Do either of you know of any examples of real things that do that? I, I mean, I'm sure, like, could hatch, like, the instant it was... I guess? Like, there's probably either a fish or an insect that can do it. Like, within a day, probably. Yeah, that's true. Um gotta be or even like i guess external fertilizers a lot of the time don't they have very short i don't know what the word for gestation is when it's just in an egg but that like the egg and sperm meet in the environment and then they become a coral yeah. or whatever yeah
2: but they like if your definition is like comes out ready to hatch
1: that's true yeah that's yeah. definitely not <laughs> true
0: i'm like our tur- turtles rely on temperature before they hatch, or that determines mm-hmm. whether they their sex, yeah.
1: But but they have you know, to like hang out in the sand for a while. Yeah, I'm that's why I was like, I don't think I don't think they're a good example. There's, I don't I'm sure there is one, they're... but I don't know what it is.
0: Because wouldn't it be too energetically costly to like fully develop this thing and then pop out the egg? Like, what yeah. would be the like? There would be no evolutionary advantage to exerting that much energy into developing it internally and then laying that egg like fully ready to go you know
1: dang yeah I agree. yeah i feel like the only thing that i can think of that makes sense is what we've touched on before that maybe the females develop the eggs during a period where for whatever reason they can't do anything else so it's easy to direct all of their energy into making an egg but then yeah. for whatever reason that is the egg does not or it's not good to have a baby dragon hatch out at that time so it's good for the egg to like be protected until the instant that it can hatch safely. Yeah. But that like again raises a lot of questions.
2: Maybe baby dragons are like real sharp.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
2: You know, like they have these serrated claws. They've got spines oh. all down their back that like she had from oh, birth. Oh, good point. So like maybe the egg is laid so that it doesn't like damage the mother
0: that's a good point you would assume that if yeah if they were to have live birth then the female cloaca would like somehow be adapted to that but that is an excellent i feel like popping out an egg is a lot more safe
1: yeah yeah but also like that is a thing that exists in nature right like If you've ever seen a picture of a newborn horse's feet, they're absolutely horrifying because they're, like, covered in this, like, weird
0: yeah,
1: uh, eponychium, I think it's called eponychium, but it's, like, a soft layer around the hoof so that it doesn't damage the mother during birth, so, like, Yeah, there are things that exist where just the dangerous parts of the baby are protected, which, again, is less energetically expensive. Or you could just, I guess reptiles are not like placental animals, but you could have like a sack (laughs) around something that would be, I don't know, tough when it's wet. But as soon as it dries out, it cracks or whatever. So that like when the baby is born, it can come out of its sack like a placenta, but not... Yeah. And that would also probably be less ener- energetically expensive than laying down all of these like <laughs> thick layers of some kind of biogenic marble. Yeah. Like behind like, egg. But
2: That's like ra- yeah. the thing is is they're they're already right, like they're already laying down the egg because they are reptilian, right? Like right. they aren't part of a fan like it's not that they have moved beyond egg and then their species has developed these pointy bits. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's like they are an egg layer where
1: the babies are like pointy. And okay. so they're already forming the egg inside. True. Yeah. Right? But then what's the benefit in keeping the egg inside until its full development rather than just laying it like a regular. Yeah. Because yeah.
0: you would assume inside the egg has all nutritional whatever is needed to fully develop. So what's. Unless. Unless, Unless there's Unless. like some sort of like attachment, like
1: uh-huh. from. Like a placenta.
0: (laughs) Yeah, basically the egg is like a glorified placenta. And then when it's fully done, that detaches somehow internally. And then the egg pops out and it's just like waiting for its dragon rider. Which leads me to another question, but we'll go into that after this discussion. I still feel like it would just be so costly to just have like a full egg like in you. That's basically stone because everyone thought this was a rock. And then, like, yeah, the main purpose would be protection. That makes sense, but I don't really understand anything else besides that. Like, I don't see any other benefit of having this egg fully develop and then lay it, and then it just sits there, fully developed,
1: ready to go. Maybe the egg itself is not energetically expensive, because... Okay, here is my thought. I don't know if I'm going to articulate it correctly, but... (laughs) My conclusion, I don't know if we accepted it, but the conclusion I came to was that the eggs are some kind of, like, calcium carbonate, which is, like, pretty standard for, like, eggs and shells and things. Yeah. And presumably these gigantic dragons that eat a lot of food would also be eating the bones. Yeah. Maybe instead of digesting yeah. the bones or, like, grinding them up in a gizzard or something, they got all that, like, calcium carbonate, mm. or calcium, rather, from the bones
0: Smart. Yes. into their
1: body. And the way that, like, the female dragons, at least get rid of that excess calcium is by putting it into the eggshell. Yeah. So like it might the the egg itself might not be that energy energetically expensive if we assume that dragons eat a lot of bones and uh producing an eggshell is less energy intensive than what other or whatever other excretory measures they might have to get rid of that excess (laughs) calcium. Yeah. That makes sense. The
0: only counter to that though is that like calcium carbonate is kind of not brittle but like can be yeah. and isn't it's described like a stone right like
1: yeah but different like limestone yeah. and marble are calcium carbonate just in a that's different that's true
0: form. that's true
1: all right so I it's still not that. like strong because limestone and marble are both like pretty soft as far as rocks go
0: yeah,
2: yeah.
1: but still By that
2: i mean they could also be like you know just chowing down on you know like birds go and like eat some weird rocks when they're like <laughs> lacking in certain nutrients so like there could just be a period of time where like dragons go and like eat yeah. rocks
0: <laughs> yeah yeah fair yeah all right <laughs> like yeah, I buy it. they go
2: eat clay or something from the riverbank. bank
0: mm-hmm.
2: I did also just want to say because I was thinking about it
0: mm-hmm.
2: it could be that like we've seen that a baby dragon is, like, very high needs in terms of food. Mm -hmm. And I looked up ovoviviparity, and in some cases, the baby, the egg is, like, totally isolated, and the baby just, like, relies on yolk. But in other cases, the baby will, like, finish the yolk, but in the egg, (laughs) still be getting nutrients from the parent.
1: Right. So
2: it could be that, like it is just less energetically expensive for the mother to be eating (laughs) and feeding the baby inside rather than like (laughs) having to go hunt for a starving baby dragon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair. The only issue with that is that the dragon eggs are indefinitely viable once they leave the mother's body. Yeah.
2: Right. And that we're just assuming is magic. magic, magic. Yeah.
1: It has to be. Yeah. But that, maybe that could be part of it that like maybe the baby dragons oh no never mind I was going to say maybe the baby dragons take so much energy from the mother that it's easier to just lay the egg and have them sit there for a while before they actually hatch but then that would promote the dragons being laid before they're fully formed and ready to go so I don't think that's actually
0: yeah a good idea no I have another question about the eggs sure okay So we get that they either hatch by finding their rider or if like conditions are right, like if there's a lot of food available. Mm -hmm. And my question is, how does a dragon egg know there's a lot of food available? Because this is something more common in an aquatic ecosystem because they can sense the amount of phytoplankton or zooplankton in the water and they know, oh, good food. What would be a food indicator to tell a dragon to hatch? in a terrestrial environment would like to know be some sound cue i think bridge? it's sound? brain magic with other yeah, dragons magic <laughs> i didn't want it to be well, brain magic they can,
2: you, they can talk to
1: the ba- right didn't they didn't I we talk so didn't they say that somewhere they can that, talk like, the baby the hatches no sorry i said that i thought the baby learned language inside the egg because that happened in a different dragon book and i couldn't remember oh. if it also happened mm. in this one or not Okay. It felt like it did, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. They're like, they're able to sense outside of the egg somehow. True. Because, like, they, we know they have some extra, extra ovum (laughs) (laughs) sensory capabilities because of the way that they hatch. Yeah. But he didn't say which sense extends beyond the egg. I feel like it's gotta be hearing. Maybe they, like, hear birds or, like, they hear a migration of wildebeest or something.
2: Okay, but no yeah. because they like <laughs> okay. they hatch they hatch for they hatch for specifically their rider which yeah. is brain magic. Brain right for sure. Like yeah. they sense the thoughts of the person which means that what happens for normal times is like the mother probably is like hey, it's a good time.
0: <laughs> to
2: hatch. Oh. Right, or It might yeah. be like
1: part of the dragon brain magic that they can just sense living beings around them. Yeah. And maybe it's like the baby dragon senses there is a lot more life around me than there was before. So now it's okay to come out.
2: They'd need such like a wide range though.
0: That's what I mean. It's like, how mm, do you... Point. Like you would have to be able to sense, I don't even know how big of a an area, but it's like yeah. the amount of food that a newborn dragon would need like, how would a dragon know there's enough food at that point? It's like, oh, it's a good time to hatch. What if it's like a herd of something ran by and then it hatched the next day, but oops, True. the herd was gone.
1: Good point. Did know. we? I can't remember because it has been a while since we started this book. <laughs> was Zephira relatively like self-sufficient from the moment yeah. she hatched? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that implies that there is very little parental care. Yes. Yeah. At least once the egg has been laid. But, I mean, she got a lot of...
2: She needed help from Aragon. She just didn't need help hunting.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: No, I don't think so. Mm. But also, like, how long does an egg wait until it gives up on finding its dragon rider? Like...
1: I think I remember that there's some kind of magic that they do on the eggs that are given to be dragons for riders. Oh. Okay, I have two very
2: important thoughts here. Okay. (laughs) The first one is... (laughs) That, like, what Sam said, like, how long do they wait? Yeah. Because Aragorn has this, like, Aragorn has this very, like, heartfelt moment where he's like, wow, I'm honored that of all the people in Allagasia, she chose me. And I'm sitting there being like, you're the first person she met that was (laughs) like, these fucking elves. (laughs) So it's like, well, did she or did she just go, all right, good enough?
1: (laughs) Did she just go, I don't want an elf, so here's a human, good enough?
2: Yeah, best possible
1: choice. But
0: guys, guys, Aragon is the chosen one. Of course, it was special.
1: Yes, I feel like at some point there's got to be a conversation of like, why did you pick me? But I don't know if that's even going to be in this book. Yeah,
2: my second thought, yep, was like, okay, what the? (laughs) They just (laughs) these dragons just sell their children, (laughs) right? Right? (laughs) Like. Like, like the sentence is... It's like an arranged w- marriage. It's st- not that weird. <laughs> like, huh, the sentence is, once they formed an alliance with the elves, a certain number of their eggs, usually no more than one or two, were given to the riders each year. Like, not even implied that, like... Oh, the baby dragons choose, you know, it's just like, no, you guys are going to be, it's these ones. <laughs> sorry, you guys are going to be, um, dragon elf friends. It's just
0: like a, it's like a sacrifice. Like that's yeah. what it feels like. I feel yeah. like it's
1: more related to the fact that the elves and dragons both like quote unquote sacrifice one or two of their young to the dragon yeah. riders, which is an sure. organization made up of both. It's not like the elves are the superior party. It's that, like, it's the two cultures working together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. Which I think makes it less weird, but Mm -hmm. that might not be... You might be biased. popular (laughs) opinion. (laughs) (laughs) True. No, I... I don't know. I I also don't think it's, like, that weird to, like, not ask an infant for consent before (laughs) placing it with a family. Because that's a thing that happens. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. I just... It's just weird because it's, like... I give them to not our species.
0: <laughs> but then, anyway. like, how do you pick which two it is and then do the yeah. two that get picked are resentful that they don't get to live with the rest of the wild dragons? Right? And, like, I feel like that's a whole story right there.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's got to be the same for the elves, though, right? Like, it's the same deal.
2: Yeah.
0: wait,
1: the elves... They just
2: don't talk about it in
1: this specific.
0: <laughs> but wait, it's probably... Wait, 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 what? The elves give like... two elves
1: to the dragons? What? No, the elves give two elves to be dragon riders, right? Yeah, but... Each baby dragon needs a someone to ride on it. I mean, they're I guess they're not giving human babies to dragon babies, because that would be a nightmare. That's what that, I'm that's,
2: saying, right? Yeah, yeah, that's...
0: But, like, uh, but the dragon riders, they're still participating in their own society. They're still, like, elves. They're still experiencing their own culture, their own everything. But the dragons the, are just, no, like... No, because the,
1: the dragon riders were separate. They were their own culture. Oh, are they? Like, they... It is taken it does take a lot from the elf elvish culture. Oh. But like the Dragon Riders are like a separate organization. Yeah. I guess like I see your point.
2: Yeah, now like that okay, these two elves have to leave their culture and go. But like it does kind of feel like they are adults who have been training
0: for this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Or like at least like teens who have been
0: training for this. Yeah, yes. so they, like, mentally know what they're getting into, or, like, if there's several trains and only two go, like, if there's people who don't want to go, then they probably have the yeah. way out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally get where you're coming from. I don't think it's yeah that weird. But also, yeah. uh, part of that is also, I think, because the evidence we have so far implies that there's, like, very little parental or familial care in dragons. Yeah, It's probably less of, like, I don't know, like, a community-based culture yeah
0: you know oh but now i want to know i want to know (laughs) i'm very
1: curious (laughs) about
0: how the wild dragons are and how they communicate and how their societies work i need this in my life
1: yeah if i remember correctly the wild dragons are uh quote-unquote savage which is a whole problematic other thing that we'll get to (laughs) but you know uh that's fine (laughs) it's
2: fine okay well, I have another thing we can talk I about. going to say. Yeah, please. Yeah, me too. Well, it's only sort of related. I want to talk about yeah. How Dragons Mate.
1: Yeah! <laughs> oh my god.
2: Because we didn't talk about it yet. We skirted around the fact. We, we skirted skirt around. around it so that yeah. we don't have to censor this whole episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but listen, I'll be very polite about it. Because <laughs> this is like a big thing that people wonder about dinosaurs too right like how no. what the hell did an 100 foot long like sauropod <laughs> mate with another 100 foot long sauropod I-, I
0: want to know
2: yeah without like crushing it
0: <laughs> i need to know this information
2: so um i just like as a sidebar which i didn't know they actually couldn't figure out a way how to tell like male and female dinosaurs apart like as fossils because like soft tissue so rarely fossilizes and there are no like super obvious like crests or like whatever. that are like only on males and not on females or whatever. So finally, like the way that only recently they figured it out is they still can only figure out if it's a female, if it has recently laid eggs because birds and dinosaurs both lay down this like extra layer of, like, material on their bones when they're building eggs. Oh. And so that was the only way they were able to tell if something was a female dinosaur, is if they had that on their bones. Wow. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) There's no, like, difference in bone structure, like, in the, like, hip region at all?
2: No. Not that's, like, super obvious. Yeah. I guess, I mean, the eggs
1: are small proportional to the body, so I guess that's true. And it's also hard because, like...
2: Yeah, a lot of fossils get, like, deformed when they're being, like, created. like When they're being fossilized, yeah. (laughs) It turns out when something dies 65 million years ago, it gets, like, smushed around a bit. Who would have (laughs) thought? In between. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, but so, like, there are some theories out there, and it probably, like, varies based on species. So, like... I don't know, uh, most of them, like T-Rex, is probably the way you think it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm um... (laughs) kind of assuming that dragons, like reptiles and birds, have cloacas. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm working on. I mean, so
2: a lot, so there are birds and crocodilians have, like, external genitalia. Mm
1: -hmm. Did not know that.
2: Yeah, and so the birds that have it are, like, more basal- in, evo- oh, okay. in, like, the evolutionary tree. So, it is thought that dinosaurs probably had external genitalia and not just like a cloaca. But I just want
1: to say, before you continue <laughs> on to say something very intelligent, that uh-huh. the idea of a dong on something the size of a sauropod just makes me yeah. so Thank unhappy. Uh huh. <laughs> I really <laughs> hate I was that.
0: Thinking too.
2: <laughs> now you have to think about it for the rest of the time that I'm talking. <laughs> oh, please proceed with the intelligent thoughts with as I die intelligent laughing. Intelligent science while you no, think about not. giant dinosaur dicks. <laughs> um <laughs> No, so like sauropods it's really unpleasant. Yeah. So they all probably like maybe they had cloicas if they were like the theropod mm-hmm. lineage. So like the ones that are running around on their two legs like mm-hmm. birds. The mm-hmm. bird ones. But it's likely that like a lot of them had external genitalia also because just from a logistical standpoint it makes it a lot easier
1: (laughs) yeah i I guess it'd be like whales right like whales have those Uh very long prehensile yeah things Things. that they use because they're very big (laughs) dorks yep and
2: don't have like hands or anything yeah they just there kind is... of
1: roll around up there There, there is a
2: thought that like t-rex's tiny arms are literally just for like holding on
1: no really yep uh-huh i mean i guess if you're a t-rex you I can't got... really use your mouth
2: yeah well because like there's some Sharks snakes do. that just have little hooks left over do they... <laughs> just for holding on yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't know that there's a fun either. fact
1: Oh God! Yep, little snake arms
2: just for. No, no, it's their back legs. They just got little hooks. They
1: got little snake.
2: (laughs) I can't believe Sam muted herself while she was laughing through (laughs) this. That's so rude. It's so embarrassing. Why do you think I'm talking about it? If not to make you embarrass yourself?
0: <laughs> oh my god, the visuals in my head right now—like yep. I, I can't, I can't draw, but like, oh my I, god, right, if I I'm, can draw this.
1: <laughs> I'm imagining the snake comic specifically. Yeah, that's just like nice legs. Thanks, they're for sex. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> Uh, Do you mean, like the tiny arms and the external mm-hmm. genitalia? Like, I'm... Mm-hmm. You're just She's having a good time over there. It's bigger than its arms? Yeah. It would have to be. It
2: can't get much smaller, quite honestly. <laughs> it it oh, has screw. to be. <laughs> wow. So anyway...
0: I'm a child. <laughs> none of my professional colleagues can
1: ever find this. Just this yeah, one I was, episode. I was... <laughs> uh invited to like a team building thing and I was like oh no I have plans and they asked me what my plans were and you were like pass (laughs) no I unlike you I have no qualms talking about our podcast so I was like oh yeah I'm doing a podcast and they asked me what it was about so I was like oh we use our biology degrees to like talk about YA books yeah yeah and at the time I didn't really think it was a bad idea but I'm starting to question that decision (laughs) it's okay as long as you don't
2: bring it up Uh, sometime in January again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just like (laughs) skip this. What's your podcast called? Hmm? What podcast? What podcast? I
2: it was canceled and deleted off the internet. Don't worry about it.
1: Oh no, that was a joke. I (laughs) lied. I actually had to water my hair. Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I left my laundry in the oven. Sorry.
1: Oh, Uh, I
2: I had to vacuum my cat. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Now that Sam's recovered, let's talk about it some (laughs) more. So for a a while, they thought that the sauropods, like they were like, they couldn't have made it the way everyone thinks. Because (laughs) if one was like on top of the other one, it would crush it. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Mm -mm. Uh (laughs) But also quite recently, people did like biophysics studies, I guess, where they were like actually modeling. like yeah you know stuff <laughs> <laughs> and like if a creature is a four-legged creature is like walking
1: mm-hmm.
2: normally between every step its entire body weight is only on two legs
1: mm-hmm.
2: so they're like by that logic it can yeah. hold twice oh, its own yeah. weight yeah
1: when they have tails like kangaroos maybe they could balance nope no. Oh, uh-huh. no. <laughs> uh-huh. no oh no
2: oh yep. no are you imagining old timey long <laughs> neck dinosaurs
1: Pro- i don't know probably <laughs> yeah, like the ones- before
2: time ones <laughs> yeah these ones are like hor- like they're like a horizontal line <laughs>
1: yeah but if they have to tilt in order to They just tilt on to mate. They, just tilt. they <laughs> tilt onto the tail.
2: <laughs> they just the, Why would the... they be t- why would they be tilting back onto the tail?
1: <laughs> because they have to tilt up to get over whoever oh, they're mating. The,
2: the one that's on top. I thought you were talking about the one on the bottom. I was like, that's why not Why would I be talking about the one
1: on the bottom if we're talking <laughs> about the, the one that has to stand on weight. two legs?
2: No no no, no. Wait, wait, the one on the what? bottom has to hold
1: all the weight. The one... yeah. Oh, I was thinking the yeah, one yeah. on the top puts most of its weight in its back legs. Yes. like a bear does it, when it's yes standing. it would also they have were, to do
0: that
2: yeah they were worried about the one on the bottom though being smushed. Yeah. smooshed
1: yeah but when you said they could support their body weight on two legs right I they was thinking about the one on the top yes
0: which also fair point it's got to be on two legs also going... reasonable
2: i think they just swing one leg over but anyway <laughs> one, um oh no. yeah do they each The one that's in the way.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god!
1: Yeah, huh. <laughs> that's a visual I didn't know I was capable of imagining. There you go. The, now you the, are literally the
0: visuals in my head right now are just yeah wild.
2: So the next thing I want you to imagine is a Kentrosaurus.
0: What's a Kentrosaurus, Sophie? My my dinosaur so... <laughs> knowledge is Jurassic Park and Land Before Time. So
1: <laughs> me too.
2: So a Kentrosaurus is like a Stegosaurus, except instead of plates, it just has spikes, oh, and then okay. it has and then it has bonus spikes. Like if you imagine the spot that would be like the most terrifying if you were trying to mate uh, with one, like, <laughs> like side uh, <laughs> and tail. I
1: was definitely thinking around the. Bull.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so that's where they have extra spikes.
1: Do I have to bleep butthole? Probably. Is this like
0: hmm. ducks?
2: <laughs> no. So for them, oh God. the theory, for them and Stegosaurs, the idea is that they probably just had to lay down on their side.
1: Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Scissoring. Dino scissoring.
2: Or, alternately, like a butt-to-butt situation.
1: <laughs> okay, I kind of like that one. Like what right. I dog go- what a dog stands between your legs and, like, demands you scratch its butt and, like, wiggles yeah. just <laughs> yeah. butt too.
2: Yeah. So those are all the important parts of dinosaur mating that you need to know about.
1: I really like the idea that they decide they want to mate and then they have to just not look at each other and turn around. <laughs> yeah. I
0: like the butt to butt <laughs> because <laughs> i'm imagining exactly what hannah said like just like yep. two really awkward dinosaurs who just like don't really know how to start it so they're just like like they're just like wiggling their butt because they're like yeah you wanna you wanna and the other's like yeah wanna it's just like a lot of butt wiggles anyways
2: and then they just have to like back into each other just like with the truck backing up noise like bing, yeah bing,
1: <laughs> bing. yeah and then she's just I... like boop I was, like, picturing the motion, and I'm like, where have I seen this before that I can, like, imagine it so vividly? And it's all those videos of turtles getting, like, really hyped to have the back of their shell scratched. Oh, and yeah, they, like, yeah, 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 That's the exact back and visual. Forth. Yeah. yeah, it's that. We used to work with a sea turtle.
0: Yeah, and so when she would come and she'd, she'd finish her food, and then she'd put your, her butt in her face, and then you're like, okay, yeah. here's your shell okay. scratches.
2: But we yeah. definitely didn't, because it's you're not supposed to. No, Wait. we never
1: did that. <laughs> so we oh, did for legal that. reasons. This is a joke.
2: <laughs> anyway, yep. That's so. One of those is probably how yeah. dragons have sex.
0: <laughs> that was like
2: the best legit, like because they're so spiky.
1: Yeah, it's
2: probably like a situation like the Kentrasaur. Like they might just the have to, to
0: lie side down. Side.
1: Yeah, or butt kind to butt.
0: The side to side one is just it's just kind of sweet. Can you yeah, just Yeah, cuz you have to
1: hug while you're doing it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So just like you just imagine like two dragons on their side like looking lovingly into each other's eyes while and they f- do and- the nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> this episode is rated M.
1: I apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this mature. is I, I mean, we never actually discussed being, quote-unquote, family-friendly, and I feel like we have officially let that ship sail.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It I mean, we probably did now. that when
1: we talked about Edward's, but... We did, yes. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, uh... I kind of wanted to talk about the saddle. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the saddle. Yeah, uh, to get away from sex for a minute, let's talk about some leather straps. Um, Great segue. Thanks. <sighs> <laughs> the main I was going to go into a little more detail, but I think this podcast has gone on for long enough. So I just have one thing that I was having difficulty imagining. So I'm curious what you guys have to say. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read a short passage just to like give the context,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is that there's like the main part of the saddle attached to the front was a thick loop that would fit snugly around one of Saphira's neck spikes. Bands on either side would wrap around her belly and tie underneath. And then a long strap was constructed to pass between Safira's front legs, split in two, and then come up behind her front legs to rejoin with the saddle. I cannot figure out the construction of that. Where are they starting? I I assumed it,
2: it came off of the neck
1: band? Off of the neck band? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, went down sternum. Down between her legs and, like, up under her armpits? Yeah. Hmm.
2: Just to keep the, like, because I imagine, right, like, I'm assuming they have, like, long necks, right? I assume
1: so, yeah. yeah. And so
2: I assume it needs, like, so the loop doesn't, like, slide up and down.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They need, like, the band at the front, like, at the front of it to go, like, connect it across
1: the sternum so that it, like, stays in place. Right. Okay. For some reason, I was, I was stuck on the idea that this, like, leg strap was coming from the main part of the saddle not like the neck strap oh. and i was having such a difficult time imagining how like one strap would come from the saddle go across <laughs> her sternum and then come back up under her arms and i was like how
2: straight up the back of her neck over her nose and then down. like the does front. it go to like
1: one side like does it go behind her leg and then loop around behind her leg again like what the yeah. fuck <laughs> But that makes way more sense. You can tell that I was reading this at work on my lunch break because I have thrown a hurricane of time management on my life and it was the only time I had to do it. Yay. Okay, that makes way more sense. And now I I can imagine it better. See, this is It's a pretty cool idea for a saddle.
2: Yeah. I don't really get the part where it like hooks over one
1: of her spines. I think that's to like place it. Right. So that it doesn't like slide side to side. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm.
0: I don't know. I read this passage, and it's a perfect example of one where I was just like, "Yeah, that sounds right," and kept going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so yeah, funny because sure. it
0: does. It does
2: feel like, like as someone who has fully over-engineered, yeah, random <laughs> items in books. Like this feels yeah. like something that Christopher Paolini thought about for weeks like yeah. he was probably. like how does the saddle make sense and then he's like well because if you do if it's just there without the neck spine part then like it'll slide side to side so you have to add something to connect it to the spine and then you have to have the one through the sternum so it
0: doesn't slide up and down yeah <laughs> he probably did exactly that and then me as yeah. the reader was just like I don't sure care.
2: <laughs> you could yeah. have just said there's one strap around the middle and i would have been like yep yep
0: yeah. i'm yeah, just I'm like, like yeah, well sure great
2: yeah. well us specifically yeah, it was like us specifically, no would have but... been like no
1: yeah. <laughs> But you too. So, tell else. me so much about the saddle tell me more about uh... how they made <laughs> I <laughs>
0: narrowed in on the mating and the husbandry <laughs> I was just like that is what I want to know saddles I'm like me yeah. but on the note of saddles I will say okay. the fact that Aragon did not even think to sit side saddle while his thighs are still Utterly destroyed. He's like my dude. Just, just, just ride side saddle.
1: Also, that he's never ridden a horse before. Also, that. (laughs) And they were especially because the horse that they bought for Aragon, the guy selling it specifically said like, "Oh, this horse is very spirited, but he just needs a firm hand." And I'm like, "Cool, so give him to the kid who's never ridden a horse before." I'm sure that'll right.
0: Because of course, the chosen one just knows how to ride a horse.
1: That's true. He does. Instinctively know how to reach out and touch, his, touch the horse's mind like he does with Sephira, which Brahm was like, wow, that's unusual for you to be able to do that. So, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's wild.
2: <laughs> Aragorn just has magic now.
1: <laughs> he just, he is magic. Wow. Wow. The only other thing I wanted to mention is that the horses are, quote, so much smaller than Sephira, which means Sephira is a lot bigger than I thought. Yeah. The last yeah. time I did math about her. Yeah. So very quickly, the average height of a horse, which is like such a broad classification because there's so many yeah. kinds of horses. But the average height of a horse at the shoulder is about 1.63 meters or 5 foot 3 inches, which means that Sephira is much larger than that. Whatever so probably that like three times higher. Know, like at least twice as tall, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's got to be at least, like, three meters at the shoulder now, then, right? Damn. Right? Big. And she she can't carry bram and Aragorn? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I mean, a horse <laughs> can carry two people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess a horse doesn't have to fly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she should be able to carry both of them, but alas. Maybe if she was, like, walking, it would be okay, but she can't yeah. fly because... She's too young and flying is so energetically expensive. So If you bad, are though. doing a drinking game with this podcast for the Aragon chapters, just take energetically expensive off your list. We don't want yeah. to be responsible for that. You'll probably <laughs> die.
2: <laughs> Specifically, Hannah has said it a lot today.
1: It, I got it in my head and it's the only thing I yeah. can think of to say that yeah. I want to say. It's useful. It's a good phrase. It makes yeah. me feel smart when I say it. It's a very smart phrase.
2: Do we want to guess what happens next time? Oh, yeah. These, oh, yeah. these chapters are, these chapter titles are wild. So <laughs> the next chapter is called Thunder Roar and Lightning Crackle. Very, oh very
1: frightening.
2: And then the next one is called <laughs> Revelation at Yazuak. What the f***?
1: So Yazuak yeah. is a place? Yeah. Or a palace? Something happens? Yeah. Which is still a place. It's a proper noun of some kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, is there they're gonna get caught storm? in a... Yeah, they're <laughs> gonna get caught in a storm. Yeah. And
0: I feel like either the Shade or the Razak or the Urgles are gonna, like, attack them. Probably the Razak, but who knows? Because, like, creatures just keep coming up out of nowhere. Yeah, it's gonna be some new creature we haven't seen yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A
2: fourth new one. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And then Revelations. He... I f- are we gonna get like some like history on his chosen one arc,
1: maybe, or like Brahm's revelation? It's yeah, it's something about Brahm, yeah, oh,
0: okay, so maybe we'll get like a history of Brahm and like why he knows so
1: much and yeah, what stuff? could it possibly be? <laughs> what could I it wonder... possibly be? I have no
2: idea, but he can just make a saddle.
1: <laughs> it's true. It could also be um because it was specifically brought up in this chapter, but we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Aragorn asks for the second time who the rider was who had his sword oh, yeah. The red sword Zarok before Aragorn Yeah. And it was, definitely was like Aragon. I refuse to tell you because yeah. it was Aragorn maybe was so Aragon. maybe he finds out whose sword it was
0: I bet $100 it was Aragorn <laughs>
1: wow Hopefully that's that a bag. lot of money <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was Aragorn I actually have this highlighted on like my copy and I said <laughs> I bet you it's Aragorn <laughs> i bet you that's his
1: name anyways anyway it could be about the sword cool is all i'm saying (laughs) those are some
2: good guesses yeah yeah i guess we'll find out next time wow wow yeah i guess let's talk about what else we're reading i don't remember what books i finished for the last episode (laughs) but (laughs) i think i finished city of brass Between, and it was very good. And I just got the audiobook for the second book, and I'm very excited. Nice. And then I powered through two books that I have been reading for a very long time and hadn't finished. So I finally finished Blackfish City. It was a very good ending. It was a good book. I would recommend it, and just I would just recommend powering through it. (laughs) It's very good though. And then I finished Watership Down. (laughs) Our hey. October
1: book.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I liked it
1: a Wasn't lot. Wasn't it amazing?
2: <laughs> it was a best great book. book. Ever, right? It was the best book <laughs> ever, is exactly what I was going to say. No, I really liked it, actually. It's a good animal book. It yeah. is a
1: good animal book.
2: I was expecting it to be way more gory because of what yeah. I'd heard about this book.
1: And uh, I was like, it actually like is pretty the chill. The movie is kind of gory. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way a lot of the stuff in was portrayed in the movie and I think especially the Black Rabbit are like yeah. a little spooky.
2: Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I liked it. It's so good. And that's, <laughs> am I currently reading anything? I don't think so. Shorefall. Wow. I'm currently reading Shorefall. Hey. There
0: you yeah, go. That's a good one.
2: What about you guys?
0: Okay. I also don't remember like what the last thing I was reading when we recorded, but I've either finished eight or nine books since then. Oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> yeah. So let's just do speed round here. Um, If you'd like a good Indigenous read, check out The Removed by Brandon Hobson or Five Little Indians by Michelle Good. Both five out of five. Love that. If you want a romance book, I read You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria, Payback's A Witch by Lana Harper, uh, and Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. All great love. Go read them. And then I read Daisy Jones and the Six, also fantastic. I finally finished the Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, but I DNF'd <laughs> wow. it and just add my, I dnf it and just asked my boyfriend to explain to me what happened because like I couldn't. <laughs> he finished it. I just like gave I just did not care. Like it's just no. And then lastly, I read Invisible Women, Data Bias in a World Designed for Men, which is extremely infuriating made me very angry but a good book (laughs) (laughs) and then i am currently reading the dating plan by sarah desse and i'm behind on our uh book club so i'm only getting to the ten thousand doors of january now which is ironic because this book will come out in jan or not this book this episode (laughs) will come out out in january January. (laughs) perfect perfect time to read it cool speed round done there we go anyways can you tell can you tell
2: that sam's boyfriend has been gone for like
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay i will
1: i will say i think Uh all of those were audiobooks as for me i don't really again remember what i talked about last time we were here But as I mentioned, I've dumped a hurricane on my life and don't really have a ton of time to read. So I think last time I mentioned that I had just gotten Kenobi by John Jackson Miller, which I am still currently reading as of (laughs) recording. It's really good. It is, I would say, one of the better Star Wars books that I've read. Nice. It's very entertaining. I listened to Shorefall, um, same as Sophie, and I just started listening to How to Be an F1 Driver, my guide to life in the fast lane by... (laughs) formula one world champion jensen <laughs> button that's awesome huh <laughs> i love which it. which is very entertaining so far
0: yeah is it a memoir or is it like actually how to be an f1 driver
1: no it, it's sort of like yeah like a memoir or an autobiography about like okay how he got into the sport and how it was for him okay cool yeah but he does do it in the the vein of like here are some things i learned about like how to be a formula one driver like, yeah okay. be a selfish bastard and then he like talks about how that <laughs> applies to him right gotcha <laughs> just a little tongue-in-cheek yes quite tongue-in-cheek great he even says at the beginning he's like yeah i wanted to write this but i didn't want it to be boring so i tried to make it as quirky as possible
2: <laughs>
1: i was like that's wholesome that's fun yeah that's fun very uh <laughs> on brand <laughs> for what i am <laughs> into at the moment but anyway oh i should say it if this book if this book Sam (laughs) Uh, this episode is coming out in January of 2022 when we will be reading the wolf and the woodsman by Ava Reed for our Midnight book club so yeah yay! follow along with that if you want I'm excited about that one I've heard it's really good
0: me too
1: all right and with all of that out of the way and not thinking about dinosaur dongs anymore (laughs) I still am If you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, liked, liked maybe uh-huh. a strong word. Love. If you liked it, consider rating and reviewing us positively, I hope, on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun, nong-dong-related content on social media. <laughs> we are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com. And on YouTube. And as we've all learned in the past two years.
0: You can't argue with all of the fools in the world. It's easier to let them have their way than trick them when they're not paying attention.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If only it weren't so true.
0: (laughs) So, So, so true. Oh, man you know what's great seeing women go on tinder and making men get vaccinated so that they'll go on dates with them and then she posts them (laughs) oh my god what i need to do this i have so much respect for those women (laughs) this is the most powerful catfishing right wow